well, it was depressing news in yesterday's Your Money that we did not see, that we won't see any um, decreases in airfares for another 12 months. So I'm hoping to hear more positive news today. In the third and final part of the series on financial planning for different stages of life, Carolyn Wright tackles what those close to retirement need to know. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. I'm joined again by Stephanie Yuan, Managing Director and Head of Hong Kong and Dowis, a digital wealth management platform, to continue our discussion on how to tailor your financial plans to the stage of life you're at. And this time we're going to look at when you're approaching retirement and when you're in retirement. Thanks for joining me, Stephanie. Hi, everyone. Very nice to be back again. Let's kick off with what those who are approaching retirement should be doing. Is there anything specific that they need to be thinking about at their plans at that stage? This is a very topical question. I only recently really read the census data and I was also surprised a little bit that actually right now 20% of Hong Kong's population is 65 or above. And that number actually goes up to a quarter in the next couple of years. 25% of our population is actually 65 above. So this is actually a very important topic and sort of close to heart to many. And I think you rightly mentioned when you're entering into this new phase in life, in terms of you thinking about wealth investing, you slightly have to adjust. So as a wealth advisor, we would call before retirement, when you're earning money, that's your accumulation phase. Once you retire, that's what we call decumulation phase. So slightly different approaches when you enter into decumulation, because assuming you used to depend on your job for majority of your income earning, once you enter decumulation, then it's about, okay, I don't have income anymore, but hopefully you've done the right thing. You've sort of built a pot of assets uh, to prepare for retirement. Then it's about, okay, you've built this assets. How do you then decumulate this part of assets to sustain your life during the retirement period. You mentioned in one of our earlier sessions, I think, the, the kind of rule of thumb for a standard of living to have as a retiree in terms of the percentage of wage you were earning. So can you just reiterate those numbers that, that you had about the number of times of your income you should be looking to have as a pension pot? I actually got to know this number because I started researching this for myself as well. And I thought there's so many articles on the internet you can find about this. And I think sort of one very simple rule I found, and it was done by Fidelity, and they've done this research uh, specifically based on Hong Kong, is that general rule and again, caveat, everyone has different circumstances, but general rule that you can sort of serve as a guidance is when you retire, let's say at the age of 65, it would be good to have at least saved up 12 times of your annual income. And to give sort of a sense on what that means, essentially, how do you get to 12 times? It's Let's say you start from 25 to 65. In those years, you just save up 20% of your income, and that should get to 12 times by the time you you reach 65. So that's sort of a general rule. And just again, back um, tracking the math, that should be able to sustain at least 50% of your post-tax cash flow or income before you retire. And assuming you can still continue to invest during your decumulation phase, that 50% should be able to move up if you can nicely still be able to uh, continue to grow that pot during your decumulation phase. And how do you calculate if you would like to retire earlier than that? I, I, I would assume that 
you obviously you would need to save up more, but you probably also need a higher multiple of your your salary because you're going to live longer. There are two ends to the equation. One is obviously you save more to make sure you have a bigger pot, but on the other end of the spectrum, you look at your expenses. And I think I was very fortunate that at a young age, my father has taught me this concept where. If you look at your expenses, you can always bucket them into essentials and discretionary, and that's a very handy concept because essentials, basically,、uh, basic living expenses, you must have. You have to eat to live. You need housing, but discretionary is ah the good to haves, a nice meal, going on a holiday, and discretionary are things that you can control. If you want to retire early and、uh, you haven't saved enough, then you can look to adjust your discretionary spending so that you can achieve to the same goal to be able to retire early, right? But I think it's really, really important to really look into this, particularly in the environment we're in right now, that we're in high inflation. So even if you're very good, you did this math long time ago, but unfortunately, because of high inflation, which I think it caught the surprise of many people, even. Very authoritative central bankers was also surprised by the magnitude of inflation. So even previously you've done that calculation, it might be worthwhile to sort of stress test it. Given things are more expensive now, to see okay,、um, is my pot of money、um, still continue to be able to sustain me given this high inflation environment? It really saddens me. Like we've seen stories, particularly during COVID, when inflation. Up that you hear stories about retirees having to go back to the workforce because they didn't realize things got so much more expensive. They thought they're done, right? So I think this is actually really important to really think about stress testing, especially inflation these days gone up so much. So let's talk about that transition that you were mentioning earlier from the accumulation to the decumulation phase. How do you start using your pension pot, those savings that you've made, as a form of income? Good starting point. We talked about this. Is you think about your monthly expenses, and then you think about okay, so every month, every year, what kind of cash flows I have, and then you can match these kind of cash flows with the appropriate investment plan. So we talked about adjusting. When you are in your accumulation phase, you probably can afford to allocate more of your assets in higher. Risk assets such as equities, but in the decumulation phase, we would really advise clients to really sort of reconsider. You can adjust to a more moderate risk or lower risk allocation, particularly if you do have cash flow outlays. Then fixed income might be something that's useful, as well as sort of dividends. So you have make sure that you you look at your. Portfolio and calculate sort of what's the expected monthly yield that it can provide you. Does it match with your expenses? And for those that want more security, I've also come across this bucketing strategy, which I think for those who are a bit nervous and want more sort of security to make sure things are in play, is you can think about it in three different buckets. You can make sure that again calculate your、um, investment or sort of. Cash outflow needs. Make sure that for the next one to two years, these short-term obligations you can put it in very low-risk investments, so that you know you're covered in the short term in the next one to two years, even if markets are volatile. And then for the next bucket, it's sort of expenses in the next. 
two to seven years, you can afford it to put it in slightly higher risk, um, moderate risk assets. But obviously, in the decumulation phase, I really wouldn't advise putting these medium term assets into very, very risky assets. But you can sort of afford, unlike the first bucket, first bucket probably in fixed deposits or money market funds, but the next bucket, fixed income. And then for the remaining part, then depending on your preferences, then you can decide on whether you want to even take more risk on that. So I think this other bucketing strategy is also a good guide on how to think about managing your wealth in your sort of decumulation phase. So one last question for today. What else should people be thinking about in terms of things like taxes and any benefits that they may be entitled to? So just a caveat, definitely not a tax expert, but I think um, in Hong Kong, we're fortunate in a way that we have a quite a simple uh, tax and relatively low tax system. So generally, Hong Kong doesn't have inheritance tax, which I think makes life a lot easier compared to those that live in other jurisdictions that have very complicated inheritance tax regime. But again, I think one thing that I also only recently realized is, for example, for other countries, for example, the US actually have this concept of inheritance tax. And I think it's very common for us to buy US stocks. And I only recently realized that if even if you're a person who live in Hong Kong and you buy, say, US ETFs, and in the unfortunate event that you pass away, actually those US ETFs that you buy would be subject to 40% of a inheritance tax, a state tax, what you call. So if you, you have sort of next generation, you want to optimize these tax obligations, again, always advise you to, to go to a tax expert. But I also only recently found out about this. So in Hong Kong, it's quite simple. But if you hold assets abroad, I think it makes sense um, in this stage of life to turn to experts to find out what are the implications in different jurisdictions. Okay always get advice because these things can be quite complicated. Thank you, Stephanie. Stephanie Yen is a Managing Director and Head of Hong Kong at Endowers. Thank you so much.